Welcome to Scalable and Saleable, where we find what great entrepreneurs have done to scale their businesses into the multi-millions. Stay right here for the next few minutes to leverage validated methodologies for growth and create a way more scalable and sellable business for yourself. Let's get into it. Um, thank you so much for, for being here and for, for sharing some of your insights. Um, the first question I like to start out with, with is what do you attribute your growth to? You guys just landed a second fastest growing company in all of South Florida. What do you attribute your growth to? Uh, well, uh, uh, I would say that uh, over the last four years, um, I've just invested a lot of time and energy into developing relationships, whether that be with employees or being with the community and with customers. Um, so through the development of really solid relationships, exhibiting the education that uh, we provide to small business owners and the type of support that we provide to small business owners, helping them scale their business. And our mission being that um, we are gonna get them to where they wanna be as business owners. Um, it's just a very attractive prospect for a lot of businesses to be working with someone who is promising to, to partner with them and is truly committed to that and their mission. Um, so that that definitely has fueled a lot of our growth. I also think that, you know, our values and, um, you know, as a company in, in educating small business owners and also being one step ahead has played very well to, um, to our customer base. Um, we refer to our customers as members. And, uh, and I think that it's just translating really well. People are appreciating it. The whole mission behind the company was to support small business owners in an area that they don't normally get a lot of support um, from people who are good quality um, professionals, which is in the accounting services industry and the finance industry. And um, it's worked really well. Yeah, I love that. Your partner's not the, selling something to them. You're becoming a, a partner. That's that's a, important. Um, I, I'm sure you've learned a lot um, from seeing uh, under, underneath the hood of all these different businesses along the way, based off your past experiences, if you were going to come into some brand new or different business and you got the keys, what would be some of the first things that you think you'd look into to start growing it? Yeah, so we come into this all the time. So anytime we take on a new member, we do a needs assessment and we review their books. So any business that I would get into, that's where I'm gonna go first. I wanna look at what the finances look like, how things are structured and whether or not the way that their financial reports are structured are gonna give me the actual insights to how the business is performing and what it's doing. If it's starting from scratch and nothing's been done yet and it's a brand new business, then I would wanna talk to the business owner or if it was my business, I would sit down have a meeting with myself and decide what, where do I want to take this? Because I would want to structure my chart of accounts. I would want to structure all of my financial reporting in such a way that it would make it really easy to report on 
all of those different metrics. And so that I can easily see all of those things very easily um, just by a first glance. Is that, is, does that mean like building out a really easy to view dashboard of some sort? So there are tools out there that you can use in order to build in dashboards. But what I find is, is when you're just starting out or you're a business owner who doesn't have a lot of time or doesn't really have this type of knowledge or skill, um, it might be easier to just, um, you know, keep it simple. Um, think about the basics, like what is the direct cost associated in providing your service or what is the direct cost associated in in um, selling your product and, you know, create and structure a chart of accounts in a way that makes it very easy and clear to show your profit and subtract out your direct costs. So you can get to a gross profit margin. I think, you know, there's not a lot of emphasis put on that. And the out of the box stuff that comes with most accounting softwares is not going to structure it in a way that's going to allow for you to see that easily. So that's just one example. Um, but, you know, there's other things that business owners should look at that you can very easily get to if you know the formula and set it up yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes a lot of sense. What do you feel most small business owners do wrong? So coming from the industry that I'm in, in accounting, um, I find that most small business owners do two things wrong. Number one is they put their financials on the back burner. Um, they don't take the time to set it up correctly from the beginning. Um, it's a huge mistake and it's very costly because all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. Just because you don't sign up for accounting services or bookkeeping from day one doesn't mean that you're never going to have to pay the monthly fee that you're going to need to pay because you're going to sign up with someone down the road and they're going to back charge you for all of those funds that they have to catch up for. Mm. So that's number one. Um, number two is you should be spending your time on what you do best in order to make money. Um, a lot of people don't actually think of fees that they see when it comes to professional services in terms of what is the, um, the benefit of me outsourcing this. And how much more money could I earn by focusing my attention on generating revenue instead of worrying about cost? Mm. And I think that that's a huge mistake that small business owners make. I mean, yeah. the first yeah. thing that I outsourced as a business owner was marketing. I'm not a marketer. I know mm. what I like and how I like things to look, but I don't know how to execute on it. So yeah, the first yeah. opportunity I had, I got rid of it. And I focused on what I do to make a lot of money and hire more people and grow my business and not have to worry about that's SEO. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like preach um yeah uh, it, that's a great segue into the next question is for newer entrepreneurs who are still having to do a lot of stuff on their own uh, and they're working long hours and, and meeting deadlines but but not consistently busy enough to be able to confidently start paying other people's paychecks yet when do you know it's time to add staff um it's tricky right um and it's usually always a gamble when you're in your infancy right uh you never know when you're at the point when you're at the tipping point where you can grow exponentially by um handing off some of that work and it's scary right? Most entrepreneurs find it really scary to commit to an ongoing monthly expense, to hiring staff or to outsourcing to professionals, 
because they're afraid of being locked in or tied into, you know, some sort of ongoing commitment. When in reality, um, you know, if you never take the jump, then you're never going to grow. Like if there's no risk, there's no reward. I mean, in yeah. entrepreneurship, it's, that's the game. So at some point you have to, it's, it's a calculated risk. You look at where you're at in terms of your growth. You look at how much more you could earn by handing off this one piece of your responsibilities to someone else. And does that mean that you'll be able to grow and absorb it? You're, you'll never be in a place where you're going to look at your books and be like, or you look at your financials and say, I can afford this right now, right? It's always going to be a like, you're going to be like right on the cusp. <laughs> and then you just have to jump. Like, that's just the way it is. Um, but once you do, if you do it right, and if, if you follow through on all those things you said you were going to do in order to generate more revenue, then you don't have to worry about it. Right. And not just filling up with more busy work when you when you've created that little space. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And um, what's been one of the most influential books that you've read or listened to? So um, it was a book by uh, Michael McCallowitz. Uh, it was called Fix This Next. Um, and it was a great um, book for me at the time that I read it. There were a lot of problems that I had operationally within my company, um, and it it allowed me to figure out um, what I needed to focus on fixing one thing at a time. Um, and he really breaks it down for um, business owners into how to tackle things in in ways that make the biggest impact first, right? so that you don't continue to spend your wheels. Because most of the time entrepreneurs get into these horrible cycles where they're just doing work themselves in order to stop a problem in the moment without realizing that if they do it this way, it's gonna stop it for good. Um, and that's what that book does. So it was really valuable for me. Yeah, awesome. That's that's one you don't hear as often, so that's great. Mm -hmm. um, if you could go back in time to when you first started out and say one thing to the younger you, what would you say? My God. Um, well, uh, I would say um, probably uh, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing everything right. I don't think that I would change the way that I went about doing what I did. I worked really hard. I developed a strong network. I focused on the quality of work, service delivery, and caring about my customers. And mm -hmm. I still feel like those were all the right moves. Now, did yeah. I make mistakes? Yes. I made lots of mistakes along the way. Um, some of them were more costly than others, but at the same time, like I learned a lot from them. Not only can I apply them to myself moving forward into the future, but because I offer and do so much advisory work with a lot of our members, I, um, I can apply it to hundreds of other types of businesses as well. So it was an expensive learning curve that I can turn into revenue. And that's the way I yeah. see it. Yeah, you can avoid the all the pain for so many other people now. Exactly. Um, yeah, you can tell younger you like, it's gonna work out pretty good. Keep yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That would be great to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, Best decision you think you ever made in business? Hmm. Best decision I ever made. Um, 
Well, I think recently, uh, probably, probably the best decision that I made in business was um, not being afraid to move on from uh, customers who no longer fit with the model that I was building. Um, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that I made and that a lot of business owners make is that, especially when you're in the service business, a service-based business, is that when you're starting out, you need money, right? So it's like, you know, oh wait, you have a checkbook, you have a pulse, like, great, I'll take you, like you're my client and like, you'll take whatever they're gonna pay you for. But as you evolve and as you develop and as your model changes, your customers have to come with you. And if they're not going to, then they have to be, um, they have to leave because that's no longer who you are. And then they're just preventing the business from continuing mm. to scale. So yeah. my, my biggest, um, uh, the biggest thing that I did recently was um, I had honest conversations with some of my original um, customers, some of which had been with me for a really long time, and I appreciate where they got me to. Um, but at the same time, at some point, you know, it was like, well, fees have to increase. You have to accept that the service delivery method is going to be like this. You don't have 24-hour access to me anymore. You know, like, you know, just things yeah, like that. We grew and up. We're, we're, we grew up. And, uh, yeah. and it was a good decision. Yeah, I, I heard somebody earlier today is talking about swinging from the vines. If you're swinging from one vine to the next vine, but you don't let go of the other vine, you're just kind of sitting exactly. there hanging on to these two vines instead of... That's a great analogy. Yeah. Um, was there uh, any moment as as you're, you're making some mistakes, but you're figuring some things out? Was there anything that was sort of like a, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like a holy crap moment when you kind of got a feeling this is going to be good um or was it just think, a gradual progression i think well i mean there was a gradual progression during the early years i would say um i formed some strategic partnerships that definitely kind of catapulted things a little bit okay. um and that definitely helped but after covid occurred um we definitely grew tremendously um, once that happened. And that was directly related to the fact that so many people needed financial data to apply for government assistance. And we really doubled down on our existing member base um, and supported them um, through that process. Uh, and we did it in a way that didn't put any sort of financial, immediate financial burden on them in any way. Um, so it was kind of like our investment in our relationship and it developed like really loyal customers. You know, after that, I mean, we just have progressively gotten better and better at the way that we run our business, the way that we do our model. And I think that's probably the best thing that I can say. That's probably why right now, even though I still have issues and problems, which I probably always will, because that's just part of owning a right. business. Yeah. Um, everything's manageable and um, everything's solvable. Um, and once you get to that point, um, then the sky's the limit. So I know that we'll be even bigger than we are today. Um, I have no doubt that we're going to continue to grow. Um, I think the way that we grow will probably be different in the future, more gradual, less spiking. I mean, the, the, the catapulting that we went through with this second fastest growing company thing when you grow a professional services company by 350%, it is insane. 
Um, professional service companies typically grow fast at 20%. So <laughs> 350% is a lot of growth in a very short period of time. And um, yeah. I don't know that I would be able to handle it again. Personally. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel you. I understand. Yeah. Uh, any parting words of advice for other business owners who are looking to grow? Yeah. Um, reach out to other entrepreneurs. I think that probably my best piece of advice would be to get involved with community. And I'm not talking about doing networking event where every, everyone's trying to sell you their services. I don't really think that that's um, a good use of your time for what I'm talking about. If you need to sell your services, then by all means, go to networking events for that reason. But finding a support network of other entrepreneurs who have been there or are going through the journey, just to have someone to talk to. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur is very lonely, it's thankless, um, and it's really hard. And most people who don't own businesses don't really understand what that means. They will never understand what that means. And so you really need to connect with and be mentored by people who have been there and are at a different stage of their business. It's so important. So important. Yeah. I don't know if you can see, I have like a, a single teardrop coming down. This, 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 is, uh, you know, this is my passion. This is exactly like the whole reason we exist um, uh, as a community of CEOs and, and, and communities like yours, obviously, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah so and thank you so much. That, that was awesome. Thank you. Excellent. It, we'll fade it to black right there. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know what? Was... I just thought I just thought about it. I don't think I said my name or my company at the beginning. I don't know if you wanted me. We to can put that myself. in. Like, yeah, yeah, we can we can put all that stuff in at, at the beginning. Cool. Um, and we'll mention, you know, whatever. Do put like uh, a link in in there and stuff like that. We'll post it on LinkedIn and. Um, some other stuff. I've got like 30,000, 30 something thousand followers on LinkedIn. You usually get it pretty That's decent. Great. Pretty I have, I have 6,500. I thought that was a lot. <laughs> hey, it is pretty good. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's funny because LinkedIn has their own little weird things. So you don't know, like I've had what's going to hit and what's not. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember spending all this time thinking out like, how did I scale my last company and was able to sell it and wrote like all, as detailed as I could and like into an article in LinkedIn, nobody really cared. And then about a week later, <laughs> I posted a drone shot of my wife and I on a trampoline in the ocean. <laughs> and it was like 10,000 views. views. I know, yeah, I always like, get the most traction on my LinkedIn post for like the stupidest crap. Like, what's your favorite ice cream polls or like, you know, like just to like see who's like watching, right? That's why I post those. And yeah. uh, and I get like huge traction on that stuff. It's so it's, weird. Yeah, it's really weird. I remember when those surveys started going everywhere. I, I asked like, do you actually fill in LinkedIn surveys? It was like, yes or no. And like tons of people answered no which doesn't make any sense at all but but right. what the you hell? have a survey for the survey yeah i was like do you answer surveys yes or no and it was like 42 percent said no i don't answer these 
but um <laughs> it was that was just purely for my own entertainment i was probably like bored in bed at night or that's something. exactly what i do yeah when yeah. i'm at the gym like i have these stupid ideas that pop into my head yeah and then yeah and then like the next morning you wake up and see like yeah hey, whatever happened there yeah exactly um, but I, but I started doing this um, interview series just to help. Uh, I mean, any business owners, but but business owners from startups to making their first million or two. Um, uh, we have, we started uh, a new thing for like the really smaller starting out business owners. And I think this kind of stuff is like so helpful for. But but we have the the founders and CEOs of companies that are already doing primarily between 5 million up to hundred million in, in uh, they've been meeting together in our like higher level CEO peer groups for a while. Um, <laughs> and it's just for companies that are already like at that level. And, and that's why when you were saying what you were saying, I was like, Oh my God, when you, I was like writing yeah. it down. I just gave you a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. 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 Which I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, man. Like, uh, yeah, I truly, I truly believe in it. I mean, it, right now, like I am doing so much, like I can't imagine participating in, in anything beyond what I'm doing right now, but I'm definitely like coming up in this upcoming year, going to be seeking out um, some sort of uh, like mastermind group or CEO group, um, probably just after this upcoming tax season um, and getting involved with something like that, because I need it. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we, we've got like, there's a guy in one of our groups, he just grew from uh, 10 million to 70 million over the last three or four years. That's we had, a, we, we had another guy, he grew from 6 million to over 200 million in like four, three or four years. Since he, he was like number Crazy. 34, I think on the Inc 500. Um, wow. We see some insane thing because it does work, man. None, none of them are as smart as a whole bunch of them all combined together. Some of them have, have grown from, you know, in that five to hundred million range to north of a hundred million from from all the accountability and, and the outside perspectives. Um, I'm sure you're you mentioned wanting to scale and, and continuing to grow. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and and so it's funny uh, we're like in competition with some of these. Um, these these other companies that are in our space right now that are getting these massive valuations and insane really from um you know everyone's betting on our industry that like ai is going to be super big uh and so like our biggest competitor i would say is probably pilot and pilot accounting you know they got a massive valuation and investment from jeff bezos um so i uh i mean really insane like it's there and we calculated out like how big they are like we know how big they are and they're not even that much bigger than us so just the fact that they got a hundred million dollar valuation is like insane to us um and uh we know that most of what they're doing is artificial but there was another company that also had a massive valuation like that called scale factor and they bombed big time and they gave back most of their investor money. They couldn't make it work. So it's really interesting what's going on in our space right now, for sure. 